0: trying something new. It might not be so good. But we're stuck inside. And we might just die. So let's try a new hobby. Still learning the ukulele. (laughs)
1: hi i'm kate the one who now has a rose gold drawer on my desk
0: and i'm jude the one who has not slept this week
1: (laughs) and this is friends with niche hobbies a podcast where we try a new hobby every week jude other than your rampant insomnia how's it going
0: you know what it's going pretty well we are Oh my gosh, we are almost in the middle of February. We are, it's alarming. It is very alarming. Also, so one thing is to, uh, so when this pod, when this episode airs, it's going to be Lunar New Year, February 12, 2021, year of the ox. So that's super fun. There's lots of really great activities going on, socially distanced online in Vancouver and I'm sure also in Kelowna and the lower mainland and all that good stuff. So, you can still celebrate it while staying in your homes. I, for one, am, am, am sad to miss the parade this year, but it's super, it's super fun. And I this did a really quick look up of um, what the year of the ox meant. And like, this is like a five minute, like white person Googling. So like, you know, forgive us. Forgive us. But the ox apparently in Chinese culture is a hardworking zodiac sign. It usually signifies... Movement, so hopefully the world will be less static than last year, and it will get moving again towards the second half of the year. So it's a great sign for us for 2021 for getting back on our feet and getting back into the real world.
1: Woo! Mm-hmm. That feels timely, dude. What's your zodiac sign? You're monkey.
0: I'm a monkey. Yes. Yeah. I'm a horse. I th- you are a horse.
1: Yeah, I just I remember that from those TY Beanie Babies that when they did the zodiac ones, and I, my horse one had this multicolored mane. It was so cool.
0: It was so cool I was deeply jealous because like mine was a monkey which is cool right but it wasn't a horse with a multicolor mane.
1: It was not.
0: I don't, do you have any of your ch- like teeny babies left?
1: Um I think mom and dad have them which means probably not.
0: Real I was gonna say because every time that I have to go on a call with mom and dad they're like you know your sister has everything already like all of her childhood stuff and I'm like why do you want to get rid of all of the like evidence that you had children in your house? Fun
1: fact. I only have all my stuff because I had no other choice.
0: Oh, yeah. They're like, we're going to give you all your stuff. And I'm like, why? I have, I rent a room in a house. I can't do anything. I'm, mm, no, thank you. I do love that. Like, I feel like it's such a weird, very non-boomer parents in a way. Because our parents were like, very, like, very happy for us to leave the house. And they also don't want to hoard all of our belongings. They're like. It's true. What is your. For celebrating Lunar New Year's, what would you want to do? Like, how would you want to celebrate it?
1: My my favorite, honestly, my favorite um, Lunar New Year I remember is from, it would have been 2008. We went to Chinatown, you yeah. and mom and dad and I, and we went and saw the parade and we had, you know, dim sum and you yeah. know, it was just like super lovely, a super fun day. I remember it was Year of the Rat because there are all these Mickey Mouse, like, Stuffies uh, and stuff every and we're like why is mickey mouse everywhere for Ch-? like that's such a weird thing you know like mickey mouse is very popular um in asian countries but you know and all over the world but still years, sort of, yeah. like, a weird call and then i was like oh my gosh it's year of the rat and Dab is like oh my god that's exactly what it is
0: so i know i remember i took the most amazing photo of you there yes. and it's like you're like there's like the red of the back or like so, but so it's like we should see if we
1: could find it
0: yeah, yeah, I think we have it. It's supposed to be kicking around one of our Facebooks or something. But um, Vancouver has, like, or we have our Chinatown, and they always do, like, a really beautiful decoration. So there's, like, tons of, like, beautiful, like, lanterns and stuff. And it's this really fabulous shot of Caitlyn kind of, like, mid-head turn, so her hair is all flying out. Mm-hmm. It is fabulous. And it is taken with, like, a 2008, like, digital camera. Like-
1: yeah. Mom and Dad definitely have that on their little, like, camera thing, with their photo frames. So yeah. So they can pull it out. It's a great yeah. shot. Of you. Great shot. Besides, besides a- that. What about you? What would you do?
0: Oh, um, absolutely dumplings. Like I want to eat. I like any excuse to eat, you know, but also I love, love, love dumplings. My favorite is soup dumplings, but I find that they don't (gasps) travel super well, unfortunately. I mean, like, so those of you who don't know about soup dumplings, they are basically dumplings (sighs) where it's super cool. Basically they gelatinize, gelatinize the broth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then they cut it up. Like, Mm -hmm. and then they put it in the dumplings. So when the dumplings steam, they become broth and liquid again. So you have like these beautiful little pockets of like delicious, delicious. They're probably one of my favorite foods. There is this little place in um, Vancouver called uh, Long's Noodle House. And pre-COVID, when we would like, me and my friends would all go and we would each get like three things of soup dumplings ourselves and like nothing. We get maybe like a couple appetizers as well, but like soup dumplings were the main thing. So
1: I've had soup dumplings- once and it was when we went to was it when we went to my favorite murder
0: this yeah morning? we went to peaceful restaurant which is also a really great peaceful. like that's, that's right. my second favorite place
1: and we had soup dumplings and I was like this is the greatest thing ever and I haven't been able to find them in Kelowna and I've tried to make them twice and it's been impossible because making dumplings is really hard so they're delicious highly recommend
0: yeah oh, I really want dim sum
1: I oh, want dim sum so badly and obviously it's a zero go right now I imagine yeah, we're getting Chinese food tomorrow to celebrate, yeah. which of course is like the white person way to celebrate but...
0: It yeah, we'll, you we'll do what do you can. Well, 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 okay. well, I think we might get, and that's the thing. Like, soup dumplings don't really go that well. We'll probably get a peaceful restaurant. They have great. Their beef rolls are really good, and I like peaceful a lot. And yeah, I'm really excited next year to to celebrate Chinese New Year's a little bit more aggressively. But I I, honestly reading this like thing about the ox and being like, (laughs) it signifies like movement and like, you know, working hard. I'm like, yeah. And like stuff getting going. I'm like, this is like, this is what I want for 2021. If it was like, (laughs) this is the year of of the like groundhog and like, don't leave your house for 12 months. I'm like, ah, dang it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also tonight is the new moon, which also (gasps) like kind of is a similar sort of thing, like uh, refresh, renew.
0: Put your crystals out on your windowsill. Oh
1: but yes, no, it, it's true, and I I agree. When I was reading that, last year obviously was static in a lot of ways, and that we are all staying in our homes. So I think it's it's cool and exciting. And whether you believe it or not, it's kind of kind of a fun yeah. thing to think about.
0: Like whether you believe it or not, like whether you believe it or not, New Year's like West like our calendar uh, what, what, Roman calendar year New Year's yeah. is yeah. like means that new year. Like it's you know it's everything's about how you make it this is a great start for you if maybe if you had your first month and a half didn't start out as much as you want here's another opportunity to start fresh 2021 year of the ox get into it so two days i realized it's actually the day before this podcast releases, it's february
1: 12th Hi yes, i was gonna mention that at the end of your section but you were on a roll so happy yesterday lunar new year and also you know celebrate today if you want to or,
0: or whatever don't let us stop yeah. you it's a weekend event. What are you gonna do? You know, it's absolutely. Is. Family Day is on Monday. I am, for once, so excited because I just desperately need a day off.
1: That's the so, point of Family Day, basically.
0: Yeah, they're like, hey, think we're it's February.
1: We're Everyone needs a day off in February. Here you go.
0: And the day before that is Valentine's Day. So, as the only person on this podcast who is in any level of romantic relationship, what are your plans, Kate?
1: Well, because I work, I'm married to someone who works in the service industry. You, Dan is working on Valentine's Day, but that is my usual thing. But I'm very excited, actually. In Kelowna, we have a lot of great restaurants, and a lot of them had some really great Valentine's Day take-home options. So Our parents did one, are doing one through Start Fresh Kitchen, which is super lovely. But we went with Okanagan Pasta Company. Um, so it's a couple that owns it. We actually know them personally, Amir and Jansu. Dan worked with them both at Mission Hill.
0: Oh, Amir did your wedding catering. Amir
1: right? and Jens, who helped, so yeah, Amir and Jens oh, who also catered our wedding. Um, but they now have their own private chef company and this company called the Okrong and Pasta Company. So for the for Valentine's Day, it's a charcuterie board to start. So homemade crackers, uh, mm. local cheese, local meats, and then you get the like you know handmade fresh pasta with the sauce. So it's a braised beef ragu with like beautiful sauce and the cheese. And then for dessert, it's a chocolate tart chocolate cake with fresh raspberries on top so Jansu is a pastry chef so you know whatever is for dessert is gonna be amazing so it's like sort of a combo of supporting people that we know and love supporting local and having delicious food to eat so that's a big excitement for Valentine's Day we bought I bought us some bath bombs from a local bath bomb company Dan's gonna get some wine and we may we're still in discussion Buy ourselves a bidet for Valentine's Day, which is not the romantic, right but that's welcome to
0: marriage. Honestly, I have thought about it. If our bathroom upstairs wasn't so deeply disgusting, I'd probably go for it.
1: You know, so the thing is, we're it's the tushy, which I'm sure you've all seen on the internet. I, yes. Yeah. So it would have to go in our downstairs bathroom because we want the one with the hot water hookup, and it, mm-hmm. like the, that toilet's right next to it, which makes sense. We're the one upstairs. You have to run the line like over a heater and stuff.
0: I guess we could also do it for the downstairs one too. Yeah. You have to drill into your toilet tank.
1: No, no. You have to drill okay. you have to drill a little hole in the cabinet though. Which I feel like your landlord wouldn't notice.
0: Cabinet. What is a cabinet? Like,
1: under what isn't your sink is there a cabinet under your sink? In there? Oh yes. Yours? I so yeah, ready. my landlord wouldn't
0: I look, I am half a bottle of wine in already. So Love it. no dinner either. Mm, pizza for lunch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sad that this sometimes isn't a video because Jude's face was just magical. Yeah, so anyway, Dan's wanting it to achieve forever. They just released the f- like 3.0 version. So we're debating whether or not we buy that for Valentine's Day for each other or not. I
0: but it, so. I feel
1: like we probably, well, also is like more environmentally friendly. Yes. And if there's another toilet paper shortage,
0: we'll be covered, so. I honestly, uh, when the first toilet paper shortage happened, I was like, there's like a travel bidet or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, should I just buy that just in case? I didn't. I was out, but.
1: I mean, yeah. the thing with about toilet paper is that you live in a house with a shower, so in worst case scenario, you, you have a very oh. large bidet. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, yeah, they will probably be pretty casual. Like I said, Dan's working, so Nebby and I will probably go on an adventure, and and Wonderful. that'll be and that'll be that. What about you? What are you gonna do?
0: Megan has ordered cream puffs from Modus Coffee, and they are they look so good. She sent me a bunch of photos of how they look, and I'm very excited. So I'm going to eat those. I get paid tomorrow. So I'm probably going to spend money on things that I don't need as a whole for where a relationship should be. Yay. Um, yay! And then I'll probably get really drunk and then text guys on Grinder. So i yeah, was more information than I needed.
1: Well, <laughs> I got you a Valentine's Day present, but I think, yeah, we'll, we'll save it till the very end.
0: So. I'm so excited what it's going to be. But yeah, so that's my Valentine's Day. I'll probably also eat more food than chocolate. Just like consume my emotions. Um, that's my plan for Valentine's Day, and if Just you're someone who's also gonna consume their emotions for Valentine's Day, let us know in the comments below.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe Jude will be posting on the Instagram story. You never know.
0: Yeah, I'll live blog my Valentine's Day.
1: Like I kind of want that.
0: Here's me uh, lying in bed playing The Sims for five hours. Yeah. Oh, that was also the thing is that right now both of us play The Sims. We've talked about it a little bit before. We love throwing our money at things, especially EA. Heck yes. <laughs> and uh so we're currently trying to build the perfect halloween oh, bar oh yes. i've made mine into like a halloween nightclub now a little bit but i've also filled it to the brim with like cursed objects from the paranormal back so that's what i'll do maybe we'll release our, our we'll have another poll about who had the better thing i care about landscaping though i realize
1: that's fair yeah well just a brief background there used to be a halloween bar in Vancouver.
0: it's gone now right yeah, so now s- it's the same owners, but it is say Merci. say Merci. Mm. which is like uh, Italian American barbecue crossover. I hate
1: it. The people are on the shameful tiki in Vancouver, yes. if you live in Vancouver, it's great. They yeah. had a Halloween bar called something man or whatever. And to I be fair, like I again, it. I think we went after we saw my or after we saw, yeah. and that's why we drink
0: no MFM, MFM
1: it's 2018. Okay. Yeah, so we went and saw we went to it then, and it was, like, it was kind of cool, but, like, and I are very into Halloween, and so we were also kind of, like, we would have done this better.
0: <laughs> we were hypercritical. Well, it just felt very, like, a little bit, I don't want to say cookie cutter, because they obviously had put time into it, but, like, it just felt, it felt too, like, with someone like Google what Halloween was going to be like, and, this like, is, it was whiskey bar, and, and, like.
1: This is my thought. I feel like it almost felt like a Halloween pop-up bar. Like, it was a very yeah. temporary, like, for Halloween. But if you're going to do it all year round, you kind of have to sort of do some different things, I feel like. Class it up a little bit. I've done my Sims bar as, like, a speakeasy cross Halloween bar, which, mm, like, a vintage Halloween feel is the classy twist I think you need for Halloween bar all year
0: round. Absolutely. I did my, um, like, super dark vintage as well. Yes, um, yes.
1: We talked about the speakeasy portion.
0: But also, like, with, like, the, like little hookah bar things. But like, yeah, I did like it does stuff. I did like a little patio bar, everything, a spooky noise, so.
1: so yeah, I mean, if you play Sims, we love you for it.
0: We love you. If you, for you don't, it. you should look at it. Yeah. Anyways, we've talked a lot about what's going on in the world. Kate, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Well, tonight we are drinking wine because we're drinking wine. It ties in with our episode. Are you drinking one of your episode wines? Or are you drinking? And
0: I'm, I'm drinking one of my episode wines. Me too.
1: Yay! So I guess we'll keep it for later then.
0: I, what we're I guess drinking. So. Yeah. do you
1: think yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah yeah we're drinking well i'm drinking a red wine and i feel like you're drinking a rose
1: and now i'm moving on to white very nice i'm very I have,
0: uh,
1: I have the ends of all my wine here so
0: <laughs> oh see i finished my other two bottles already right, girl no i kept mine
1: and i have a canned bubbly wine downstairs that i really want to try but it's not friday night i'm used to just recording on friday where i'm like oh, i don't have to work in the morning but i have to work yeah. tomorrow so <laughs> just keep, yeah. keep it keep it chill <laughs> So, on that note, our hobby this week is wine tasting. Wine tasting! Woo. Woo. So before it gets, before it gets, before Jude gets into history, we thought we'd do a little bit of a more in-depth look at what wine tasting actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as per Wikipedia, wine tasting is the sensory examination and evaluation of wine. While the practice of wine tasting is as ancient as as its production, which Jude will get into shortly, a more formalized methodology of tasting has slowly become established since the 14th century. So that's, well, there we go. Modern professional wine tasters, such as sommeliers or buyers for retailers, one of whom I'm married to, use constantly evolving specialized terminology, which is then used to describe the range of general characteristics in a wine. So aroma, flavor, taste, things like that. Flavor and taste is the same thing, but whatever, you get the point. More informal and recreational tastings may also use similar terminology, but usually involves less analytical process, instead using a more general personal appreciation, which is us and what we're doing. Exactly. Yeah, so I have this really great book called Wine Tasting, A Course by Marnie Old. So I bought this at Mosaic Books, which is a bookstore here in Kelowna, independent bookstore hashtag support your independent bookstores and my husband is very into wine we talked about it before he has like a formal education and and I don't and I've learned a lot through him but at the same time I really like to drink wine so this book is sort of a more like beginner's guide Jude if you want to take a quick peek quick peek you can see like pictures and color it's super approachable so I'll link it below. So that's where this the rest of this conversation uh, this information comes from is from that book. In the book, they talk about tasting involving six steps and involving five or four of your five senses. The first step is look. Is it red, white, rosé, or even orange? Look for the color itself as well as the depth of color. Two, swirl. Swirl the wine in your glass. Um, the book refers to this as it's like you're turning up the volume because swirling brings out the aromas of the wine. It lets you give, take a look at the color. Um, it's also super fun. Swirling can take time. My mother in law recently learned how to swirl properly. So, you know, don't be discouraged.
0: You had to.
1: Liz had to struggle with swirling. I don't want to get into it. We'll talk about okay. it. Later.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> we love you, Liz. She,
1: we do. And then, step three is sniff. So, smell um, is actually the main sense you're using when you're tasting wine. It's not actually your taste buds, it's your sense of smell. How pronounced is the aroma? So I, Dan and I went through our wine tasting together and Dan was sort of saying like, you can tell how pronounced the smell is based on where the glass is stationed. So I Mm. have personally, actually, I made this up while we're talking. I'm calling it the three N test, nethers, nipples, and nose. So if your wine glass is down by your crotch or nether regions, the aroma is very pronounced. If it's at the nipple level, medium level of aroma and nose level, a faint aroma.
0: You, you per- been, like you're losing your mind. I'm sorry. That was a love it, but also b what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Dan was saying like how far away it is from your face you, is is, and he was like, so it's down by like he's like like your crotch kind of level. That's like you know very pronounced aroma if you can smell the wine from there. But if you have oh. like a little bit, oh.
0: Of- I thought you were, like supposed to smell your wine down by your netheris first, and I'm like, I can't smell this wine at all. <laughs> I can't. <laughs>
1: to clarify if you hold the wine glass down by your hip area nether area and you can smell the aroma of the wine it has a very pronounced aroma mm. etc thank you Jude, for clarifying for everyone in this you're stage you're, you're looking for the fruity and floral aromas as well as the aromas of oak step four is take a sip take a larger than usual sip hold it in your mouth for three to five seconds to coat your palate I personally then swallow and then take a second sip because I feel like the second or third sip is really where you get the actual flavor from. Step five, swish. Gently swish it around your mouth to increase sensory perceptions of taste. So in that case, you're looking for sweetness and acidity. Smell, as discussed above, and mouthfeel. So body, tannins, and carbonation. And six, savor. Swallow and notice the lingering aftertastes. When it comes to describing aromas, flavors, and colors, there's a plethora of words. Uh, I recommend the W set, which is the Wine Spirits Education Training. Global Tasting Sheets for, for, for vocabulary. So I'm going into my notes. That's what Dan and I are referring to for some of these notes. In the end, it's important to keep in mind, wine is deeply personal. Mm-hmm. What one person loves, one person may hate. If you love a $5 bottle of wine, love that $5 bottle of wine. You know, if you if you're friends with someone who's a psalm in a fancy restaurant, they may not love that wine, but who cares? Like you're spending less money on wine than them and you're equally happy. Like that's great. Yeah. Price point, grape rattle, growing location, etc., all impact the flavors in different ways. So enjoy the journey, enjoy the wine you enjoy, and don't let anyone, you know, dull your sparkle.
0: Love that. I love that so much. I have a couple of notes from so I did my wine tasting. With the Morgalorg, but first I'm gonna crack into the history. So because I'm doing the history, of course this goes to uh, actually prehistory, the very beginning of time. <laughs> of so the origin of wine predates written records, um, and modern <laughs> archaeology is still uncertain about the details of the first cultivation of uh, wild grape vines. Um, it's hypothesized that early humans basically crawled, like climbed up trees, liked the sweet flavor of wines. Uh, and collected them over the time, those over a few days fermentation set in, and uh, the juice at the bottom of the container would be getting the like a low alcohol wine. So according to that theory, we're looking at ten thousand to eighty thousand before common era, because that's when we know that humans both transitioned from a nomadic to a, a more sed- sedentary lifestyle with agriculture and all this stuff, but also when they started making liquid proof. You know, pottery. Vessels. Vessels, thank you. So we know that wild grapes that are used for wine are grown in Armenia, Georgia, and the northern Levant, coastal northern, it's like Turkey and northern Iran. So we know that this is where this came from, There, so it's likely where this is the first started out from. So following kind of early pottery, we're looking at 11,000 before Common Era is probably our, our earliest time when we have wine. However, the oldest actual archaeological evidence of wine production is found in China, 7,000 before Common Era, but quickly seceded by Georgia, Levant, Iran, Greece, Armenia, Sicily. Like a really cool thing as wine has moved out through the multiple different cultures. We have ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, ancient China. The altered consciousness that wine gives us has a, a lot of time been connected to religious action. So we can think of that in Christianity. So there's the, the you know, body and, and blood of Christ. But we also have the Greeks worshiping Dionysus, um, who was like the I, my favorite Greek party god. There's yep. also in the Jewish religion. So it, it, it does have a lot of stuff. Wine also played a really important role in ancient Egyptian ceremonial life. Oh. So... Originally, we thought that Egyptians used fermented pomegranates, but actually we know now that they always use red wine. And because of that kind of that red wine and its resemblance to blood, uh, a lot of superstition surrounded the wine drinking in Egyptian culture. So it was a very precious drink to have. So that is like a really cool thing. Basically similar to what Kate was saying, wine production and consumption increased starting in the 14th century moving into the 15th century as onwards of European expansion throughout the world and by expansion we obviously mean imperialism and uh, all that fun stuff that came with it. In 1887 there was a devastating uh it's okay, bear with me, I have an arts degree. Per- phylloxera louse infestation. And so that was part of the thing. So you may hear there were some wine vintages that were almost lost to this and had to be moved Mm -hmm. to other parts of the world, like Argentina. So we have a lot of wine growing in Argentina now because stuff was moved out of Europe to avoid those infestations, diseases, locusts, death. I also just asked... Megan, what she would recommend, so she also mentioned the WSET course, because I do think it's a really awesome thing, but also there's some local organizations like the Italian Chambers of Commerce in Vancouver that do run wine tasting seminars, and there's also post-COVID, the Vancouver International Wine Fest, which is a $90 Mm -hmm. ticket, which is a little bit cross-prohibitive, but it's really nice because you get to try a lot of wine. So the one thing that I found with wine tasting is like, I was saying to Kate before, three bottles of wine is a lot to get through in a weekend, or a week. When you are trying to not show up to work hungover the next day. So those are really great options for trying out lots of things. They, you know, go really strong on one or they are they a country They've every theme? year. Are they yes, it's they theme. theme it. Yeah. They theme it every year by a country. Also, because my roommate does work for BC Liquor. She did want to do a quick shout-out. If you're ever looking at the BCL for some help, there are product consultants and signature BCL stores. So they mm-hmm. should be for... But you can always ask customer service or you can call in advance to see if there is a product assist- product consultant to assist you. They are still on during COVID. So if you do want to go in and get a good start, that's great. I did also ask her if you're new to wine and you don't know what you're getting into, where should you start? And she just recommended going with a sweet red, lighter, fruitier white. So I would recommend a White Haven. That's my, like, very, like, favorite white wine. It's a New Zealand Pinot Gris. Here's you. Nope. Saint Blanc. One of those. It's a white, but yeah, go for something sweet and dry. You hear a lot of people talking about tannins with wine, and that's kind of like this, like dry feeling in your mouth, and that is a big turnoff to a lot of new wine tasters. So
1: my brother in law refers to it as a sham wow effect. So if you've grown up, Jude's <laughs> face. If you grew up with. If you're like under the age of, or if you're over the age of like 20, I imagine you've seen the ShamWow commercial where it just dries things out. And my brother-in-law, when we drink wine, if it's very tannic, it will dry your mouth out or high in tannins. And he says, oh, it's very shamwow which <laughs> is my favorite descriptor because it's very accurate. And most people understand what you're talking about. So that's, yeah, the tan, and it can be quite, and it also is what causes headaches for some people in red wine. Yes. Um, it can be the tannins. So Sorry, Gina. I just ran, but I had to throw my ShamWow comment in. No, I
0: love that. That yeah, that was the big thing. If someone's like, "This is really tannic," and you're a new wine taster, that maybe why it's a bit of a turnoff to you. It is just a, it's a weird sensation. This was this actually hurts me to recommend, but this was Megan's recommendation. If you are brand new to wine, Apothic Red is kind of the the thought of a sweet red wine. Well,
1: That's like, exactly. here's the thing with Apothic Red. Because Dan has some opinions. I'm sure yeah. Megan actually does too. But Apothec Red has been created with the intention of appealing to everyone. Mm-hmm. Apothec Red is super reliable. It always essentially tastes the same, which is untrue for other like single varietals from specific vineyards. It's going to be different every year. Apothec mm-hmm. Red, you know what you're getting into. The price point is pretty good. It's not like terrible wine, it's just not what like Somalis tend to drink, but absolutely, yeah. I, I I agree with the recommendation. It If you're new to wine, like jump in, at an Apothic Red and see how you feel and, and go from there.
0: Yeah, but at the end of the day, trying a bunch of different wines, like what we're going to be talking about today, is truly the best way to get into wines. Like you just acknowledge that you're probably going to end up spitting some of them because if you have try four different wines and you have a glass of wine for each of them, they're going to taste progressively better and it's not because the wine gets better. <laughs> it's true.
1: And post covid I think it's a really great way to have like a night with your friends. Like oh my- have a lunch tonight, get everyone to bring a bottle of wine, mm-hmm. figure something out, whatever. Even if none of you know about wine, but uh, go through, work through it together, get a book, buy an online course, do a Google and have experience. Because if you have, you know, a group, a, a bottle of wine typically has five glasses in it. So even like if you can get 10 people together when it's safe to do so, that gives you each a half glass of each bottle. That's plenty for tasting without getting loaded. And And I think, yeah it's it's yeah. a really it's a good it's a good skill to have which we'll talk about
0: later i guess but yeah Yeah. going into this vibe check uh, i feel like we've already kind of shown our hand up
1: what's oh. what's the vibe check though you, you team always seen them
0: it is oh gosh should it be a it's gonna be a, a whiny 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 vibe check
1: well it's jude here of course it is yeah
0: <laughs> rude
1: i live in wine country and the I was in the wine industry, and I am in possession of a home with a wine cellar. And my husband loves wine. So, obviously, I have experience. But that being said, Dan, like I said, has a formal education in wine tasting and in, in wine, I guess, where I don't. And I never really have felt the need to. And a lot of the time, I just like drinking wine. And Dan knows what I like, and <laughs> we'll buy that. And we go wine tasting. In the in the, the valley and I like certain things I don't like other things but I don't do a lot of like sitting down and really trying to like go through the steps and have a formal tasting I spend a lot of time like drinking wine in the bathtub drinking wine while I do a hobby or drinking, and we support that
0: right?
1: living my life so yeah I mean I, I my experience obviously I've been drinking wine for years I enjoy it but this is one of one of the first times I've really done that sort of sit down talk it out think about it experiences.
0: What about you, dude? This is not my first time doing wine tasting. I also used to work in the in liquor industry. The place that I worked at was very into, we were really into craft beer. And then as we move, as we were more and more interested in craft beer, we realized we also had to catch up with the amount of amazing uh, wines that BC creates as well. So I did go to wine fest. I think three years in a row as a representative of my co- of my company. And we also did wine tastings. My work paid for me to go to wine tastings and, and things like that. So I've done like the equivalent of like the W set specifically just for BC because it was like a specialty run thing, which was fabulous. So I have done a lot of that. I I said last episode, wine is not super my thing. I do try to drink more of it. I do find the one issue with it is a little bit cost prohibitive. With a beer, you can get like, you can get single cans. You can get like eight single cans for like, what, 20 bucks? Yeah. Maybe. And like, you can try each one of them and like, you can really, versus wine, you're looking at 20 bucks for a bottle if you really want to start getting into it or in the $20 range. And then it goes up. And then it goes up Astronomically. Really <laughs> yeah, and like there's not really the option to, like if you're having a fancy beer, you can get like, like a lot of, like McKellar is a very fancy craft beer out of Netherlands, I believe. And they have very small bottles. So it's like $5 for this very small bottle, but like you get to try it and taste it out. Versus with wine, they're kind of like, there's very, there's the half bottle, but they're, they're a rarity. So that's the one thing with wine. But I do enjoy wine. I've done some formal tastings with beer before like so for craft beer there's the equivalent of the w set is called a cicerone and i did that with a friend for some ungodly reason i decided to do the one night he was studying about how off flavors taste in beer um which is basically you get like a a basic beer so we use paps and then you spike it with the flavor of off beer so that you're able to figure out what that tastes like and what that means That's it is but it's really interesting for things like what is a like there's some types of off flavors of beer that is caused by like the bar not being clean like the lines of the of, yeah the
1: uh, keg lines not being clean yeah
0: yeah exactly that's what in a bar thing. i know yeah but then the other ones are going to be like like a corona if you leave it out in the sunlight for too long because they're kept in, in a glass bottle they can start to take off because they oxidize in the bottle like, there's like situations like that. so there's very cool so i've done a very formal tasting before then i've done a couple of i've done a lot more i guess what i'm trying to say is i've done a lot of very formal beer tastings, but I haven't had a lot of formal wine tastings. And I feel like that's because I'm a little bit intimidated by wine. It has a, a it has a reputation for being a little bit pompous. Let's let's be frank.
1: No, it's true. And and in a lot of, I feel like in BC, we're kind of trying to change that. We've done, you and I have done some wine tasting here in Kelowna, but we'll do some yes. more hopefully this summer. Please, yes. Lord. But yeah, no, it does. And if you go somewhere like Bordeaux in France, you know, our parents were there a couple of years ago. Our dad also has a W set level three, very into wine as well. And it was like, you know, I think they took a tour. It was like, I think $300 or something to go on this tour, to go to the Chateaus and see what they're doing. The Bordeaux wines, they have a release at the B store every year. Yeah. And you have to wait in line, and there's only so many. Bo- it's a it, there's a lot of ceremony. I feel like around wine, beer, you're, like you said, doesn't have the same thing. And you're right, for a beer, you could buy one, and even if you're, it's expensive, you're buying one. Where wine, you know, we have wines even in our cellar. I think Dan, Dan easily paid over a hundred dollars for. We have wines that are worth more than that. We're given as gifts. It's just it, it gets very expensive very quickly. The one thing about wine too is as it ages, generally, it's worth more. Generally. Yeah, um, which is interesting. It, I feel like it's definitely intimidating for a lot of people. I would say the number one question that I get from people about wine, because they know I'm married to Dan, is I want to buy a blank type of wine. What should I buy? So people, I think in general, are very intimidated. Um, and just, sorry, I meant to jump on this earlier, but in addition to Megan's comments at the BC Liquor stores, mm-hmm. they aren't doing it right now. But outside of COVID, they also, at least the ones in Kelowna, the signature stores have, um, I can't remember what it's called, but the machine where they have bottles in it, and they can pour you a little glass. I, can't what it's called. I um, love that. We
0: probably don't have that in Vancouver because we can't have nice things. But no,
1: I'm sure you guys do at the signature. Because what they had was those women. We were looking at wines. We we're looking at the fancy wines, and the ladies like, "Oh, you are into wine? Yes." So, and they have so there's five bottles open. The machine like, insert, uh, injects, I think it's argon gas, into the bottle when they pour, so it's not oxidizing. Right. Some restaurants have them as well. But anyways, the, the idea is you can pour little samples. So she let us try, I think it was four wines, maybe three, of these five they'd obviously chosen to highlight that week. And I believe they are all on sale. And yeah, exactly. It was the product consultant who knew what she's talking about and was mm. able to not only recommend, but be like, try these. And we unfortunately, we only discovered this. I think a few weeks before COVID. Oh. Uh, so where we like did it. And then I texted our dad. I was like, dad, like you have to go. Like, and next time you go ask them, be like, do you have anything open? I'm looking for new wine and see if they have something for you. Um, so it's really cool. So yeah, NBC. if you live here, they do really a good job of trying to engage. Um, and then I'm unfamiliar with the other liquor store systems, but I know um, in Ontario, the LCBO liquor control board of ontario they they only have uh, government stores they do also i think have a signature store kind of equivalent where they do same sort of thing they have yeah have tastings available so props to the governments i guess at least try and have us
0: access wine yeah live live laugh love no no live laugh what is it alive (laughs) oh no I have two posters right in front of me. One of them says you're the prettiest dish pig. The other one says enough makeup can solve anything. That is the energy that people need to bring into their households.
1: So in front of my face, I have the embroidery that you sent me that says we're healed to die on, but at least you're dead, which is probably my favorite thing in my office.
0: Fabulous. So we so, talked a lot about our vibe. What did we actually do and what did it cost us?
1: Okay, so we had a lot of debate about this. What are we gonna do? Are we and yeah. then when Dan and Dan and I went to the orchestra first. And Dan was like, what are we doing? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, let's try to stay European. And Jude and and I had agreed to do a red, white, and a rosé before. So I think... Realistically, we'll probably do another wine tasting episode in the future. Maybe like a wine touring experience. Like you can come to Kelowna and we'll do a wine tour. Yeah, and then we'll do some focus on on Canada, Uh, because unfortunately Canada does tend to get left off. Yes.
0: So part of the reason why specifically, like I'm only talking about BC specifically, is that BC has such a small area that can actually produce produces great wine. Like the Okanagan produces amazing wine. Very small volume. Two hundred and fifty square miles, and I believe the amount of wine that that BC produces is the equivalent to like the the like backup stock of Dom Perignon. Exactly.
1: Like, yeah, and and yeah. that's not century true. It's a very small growing area, and then within that growing area, um there's a lot of different like biomes, like mm-hmm. micro so cool climates. Yeah. So you know, for the wine growing region in BC generally is from a Soyuz, which is at the US border, up to Oliver, Ver- Vernon. oliver's is closer to.
0: Well, I'm. I don't know where things are.
1: You're bad at geography, apparently. I'm telling. Ms. I'm you.
0: great at some parts of geography, like bio. Not this,
1: not this part. Don't know where
0: things are though.
1: <laughs> so from from to Vernon though is like maybe a three-hour drive, ish, and it's mountainy. So it's not a huge growing, and there are more areas you can grow wine on Vancouver Island. There is some in the Kootenays, but it's not. It's very. It's really not a huge area. Um, and there's so many different climates that there's so many different types of wine that you can grow. Like as you're saying, dude, what you can grow in Oliver is very different than what you can grow in Kelowna, which is different than what you can grow in Burden, which is different than you what you would grow down in Soyuz. So a lot of wineries own vineyards all along that. And a lot of the bigger wineries in Kelowna do, or in the Okanagan, I mean do, because it's such a wide range. But
0: I. I just want to talk about Naramata for a second because I think it is the coolest area. It's similar to the part of France that has the minstrel winds, which is like super high fast winds, but they can be organic wines naturally because the winds are so high that they just blow the bugs right off so they don't have to use pesticides. So I think that is so
1: cool. I didn't know that, which I I agree. That's super cool.
0: Yeah, Um, also shout out to Kanazawa Wines. Kamazawa? Yeah, they are the best. Like, they're so fun. And they have a great rosé that tastes super smoky if we've had fires that season that summer which we almost always do also the winery owner is like the sweetest man in the world like he's so fun
1: little Dad. tiny like wine shack essentially and you're yeah. like this is adorable and it's great and and that's our big thing is generally when we do wine tastings is we try to find those like little like whole little places because the big wineries make very good wine obviously and the experience is beautiful and they usually have like amazing views but there's something to be said for like those little wineries where it's like you're talking to the owner you're talking to the winemaker and they're so passionate and so into it mm yeah wine before we really get into it wine in general i feel like it's just it's such a passion project for so many people and if you live somewhere where there is a wine region or you have the opportunity to go somewhere like try to hit some wineries try to find some little ones and just like and see that passion i feel like it really ignites that experience for you that being said we went to the liquor store we picked three wines jew's roommate ixn one of our wines which was interesting because i'll talk about it at yeah. some point. So, we did the for the rose. We both did the same rose, which is the Cote de Rose by Gerard Bertrand. So, mm. this we talked about in a previous episode, but it actually ended up getting cut, Jude, in case you're wondering. Like, we talked oh. about this before. These bottles have a rose on the bottom.
0: Very romantic. Very Valentine's.
1: Fair. That's why we Works. picked. So, I asked Dan to pick three wines he thought would be easy people getting into wine that would be appropriate for Valentine's Day. But I chose this one because I uh, love it. And the, the bottle's beautiful. In the B Silica store. So I tried to go under $20, but I made an exception for this bottle. So a $7.50 of this is $24.99. The $350, I believe, which is what you bought. Yeah. It was on sale for $15.99, I imagine, for Valentine's Day.
0: Yeah, it was yeah, it was $14.99.
1: $14.99. Even better. The little bottle is very cute. And the and this bottle actually also comes with a glass stopper instead of a cork or a stelbin. Mm-hmm. So I used the little bottle for my micellar water my face on my counter, because it's cute. And I, I love that. it. So, we got a little, so I bought a big bottle, but yeah. For the yeah. red, we did a Folinari Vapolacello Repasso red wine. And the one I got us in 2017, which is the year we got married, so Dan loves...
0: I also had 2017.
1: It's also the year Nebbi was born. oh
0: ah! Bless up.
1: We thought about doing a Nebbiolo, but um, unfortunately, we named it out for very expensive wine. So the cheapest Nebbiolos are generally 30 plus. Ooh. And then for my white... We went German Riesling because part of why we went all European was the price point. Mm-hmm. Generally, Canadian wines are going to be more expensive. It, it is what it is. If you're looking for a lower end, lower lower price, I mean, not lower end, lower price, Europe is usually a really good bet. Spain, Portugal, Italy and France is hit and miss. They generally are a little more expensive, but German Riesling is great. So we picked this Hans Bear. It was on sale for $12.99. It has a bear riding a bicycle on it, which is adorable. Yeah! Yeah, so what was your white that you did instead? Because you're too fancy for dance choice.
0: Uh, we did a, a Zenotto frizzate called Frotola, which I am told is essentially a prosecco that doesn't taste like a prosecco, and it Treated. was twenty one ninety nine, which so is a little bit over budget for us. I honestly think that the hands by Riesling, we the reason why Megan didn't get it is because I actually had it pick had it pick, had her pick it up at her job, so I think that they might have been out of it. But she also liked this wine, and and she has a strong personality, so she was just going to do whatever she wanted. Um, she literally came home, and she's like, what do you want me to taste wine for? I, like, I didn't pick two of these wines. And I'm like, well, drink them with me. And then I had to coax someone to drink wine with me, which was very upsetting for me, but, you know. Turned
1: yes. So, overall, we went to the liquor store. We picked wines. As we talked about before, you could pick our wines. You could pick at the liquor store, at most liquor stores. And um, they usually have little, they're called shelf talkers. On the shelf, that talk about, like, what the wines taste like a lot of them will do like employee picks so if you're really unsure check out the employee picks they usually have a good descriptor oh i'll have
0: to
1: share share the one that you sent about the nebbiolo descriptor that was perfection yeah and and just you know just go with it so for me my three wines cost me 60 dollars, which is not inexpensive but also like with taxes but you know it's not crazy for three bottles it's not bad
0: my total bill cost seventy four eighty eight, but I think I also, or I think I also bought Megan a beer with that, so it cost me about sixty five bucks.
1: Yeah. So, so as you said, it is expensive. Can compare like for if you look at like if you're like looking to get drunk or something for sixty dollars, you could buy two to three bottles of like vodka. Yeah. So it's it's definitely um something you have to enjoy. But I do love the luxury of like a glass of wine and sitting and sipping and drinking a food and. Uh, yeah, Chile experience
0: wine is a kind of, like, it's something you want to get, well, like, you can get loaded off of wine. I'm a little bit loaded off of wine right now.
1: I absolutely get loaded off of wine.
0: But, like, I feel like if you're, buying, like, honestly, if you're buying three bottles of vodka, you're not bringing the same energy that we are to wine, drinking wine. Like, you have something, you have another game plan in mind. We respect it. We love you for it. Please buy yourself something for tomorrow morning, because you are going to be hung over. But, wine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I love wine, and I definitely will, like, on a Friday. That's what I want. I want a glass or two or three of wine. Suburbed at the end of the week. That's what I want. But if I'm going, obviously not anymore. But if we're going, like, to a friend's house to, like, play a drinking game or, like, to watch a Super Bowl, even, or to get drunk, or when we would have our Oscars party, wine wasn't the choice. It was vodka or gin or, like, yeah, a spirit, mixed drink type of situation. Yeah, no, that's fair. Or, or beer. It's, yeah, it's just... Cost-wise, it's just, it's not a good call. And like you said, it, it can be quite the hangover, particularly red wine. Or very sweet wines. Actually, more so sweet wines.
0: Mm, yeah, Apothic, my... if you
1: drink too much Apothic, ooh. Ugh, girl. That's a hard time. So, uh-huh. Jude, did you like your experience?
0: I did. I like it because it kind of made me sit and think about what I was drinking, which I really enjoy. I have always been a very social drinker, and so this was a nice time to kind of force my roommates to sit with me and drink wine and talk about what we were drinking, versus normally when it's like, you know, you're having like a gin and tonic, and you're like, oh, this gin tastes good, and they just slam it back, and you have a great time. So yeah, I I like that, and and it's just kind of one of those nice things. it's, It's a good habit to sit... I think about what you're consuming in alcohol, food, anything, because it kind yeah. of gives you more of an acknowledgement of what you're doing. And it was just, it was fun. It was interesting to see how confident, like, Megan, obviously very confident. Sue, who I thought was going to be very confident, super unconfident. He was very nervous about giving any tasting notes. He wanted to listen to what she said first. I, I really did. Do you want to compare notes on how we liked that wine? Like, so let's start off with a rosé.
1: Agreed. So the go to rose. I discovered in the States in 20, it would have been
0: 2017. Oh, no, I
1: think 2017, right before we got married. Yeah. In the States. So in the States, this bottle of wine is like twelve dollars, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Canada. So I've tried it before and, and I obviously love the bottle. The yeah. wine itself is good. It's not by far not my favorite rose. And I even actually found I I liked this one less than I did last time I tried it.
0: Same, honestly. Drift. I was like, "Ner, tr- so drift." I was so nervous about talking about it because I was like,
1: "Caitlin loves this wine."
0: Caitlin loves this wine, but yeah, it was—it's was very minerally, which I like, and very honestly,
1: minerally. Yeah,
0: it is a great wine for like a hot summer's day. We're in the middle of February; it's freezing cold <coughs> outside. This wine was at a bit of a disadvantage.
1: Well, I've said before that I love drinking rosé, like. It's minus 15 in Kelowna. This is the time I like to drink rosé to be like, it's fine. Not this rosé. I think in that, in those moments, I want a rosé that actually has like a lot more body and a little bit more sweetness to it. This was very, very light. Like you said, minerally, Dan pulled like grapefruit, rose petal, guava, our trip to the Galapagos made it's very, have you ever had a guava plant, like fruit, not juice, the actual fruit? No. Yeah. So I hadn't either. All right so I just quick rewind to back in the early days. So part of the thing with like early days of this episode, part of the thing with wine tasting this is this episode has
0: been going on for days <laughs>
1: forever. Being able to pick out and then like verbalize what you're mm. tasting which can be challenging. So our friend Brawl in particular, he has a uh, uh, Instagram and he calls it like Master Sniffer and it's a lot of he does a lot of slow-mos of him sniffing things. And I'll, but also, like, trying things. And those are really important to, like, when you try something new, to, like, try to commit that flavor and be like, this is what this tastes like. So, in the Galapagos, we eat guava right off the tree. And that's exactly what this rosé tastes like. Which I would, it's not a note I would have had a year ago. And it's not a note that I would expect you to have. So, it, it's interesting. But, yeah, I found it, uh, yeah, we wrote summer, patio. And it's not really even, like, a winter, summer, vac- like, inside vacation. It's, like, actually, because it's so hot out, that's why we're drinking this wine.
0: Yeah, I had minerally. It was a little bit, I said melony, like melon. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah we
1: had melon too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I thought that would go good with like a soft cheese, but if you had anything funky, you'd get overwhelmed really easily. It yeah. kind of made me think of White Haven, which i already mentioned is one of my favorites, but it's, it's less acidic and less minerally. So it doesn't cut through quite as well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as fruity as I remember it being last time.
1: Yes. I, yeah, that was my like really big takeaway.
0: Yeah, like, it had a tiny hint of strawberry, a little bit of melon on the nose, but it really, yeah, it it was very just, what is it? Meg described it as licking a rock right after it rained.
1: Such a wine person way to describe something. Truly is. And and that's, I think, is a good takeaway. Like, we both have tried this wine year after year after year, and... They change. Unless you're drinking yeah. something like Apothic where they're really trying to maintain consistency. Generally, wine producers are letting the grapes do a lot of the talking. So it's going to be different. And you know what? For you and I, I feel like this isn't our favorite rosé this year, but I definitely will try to get next year Absolutely. and and see see how I do. How it does. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's move on to
1: the red. Red. So we did the Folonari Valpolicello Ripasso for red. Thank you. I was waiting for it. Which is from Italy? Yeah, Italy. Yeah.
0: That's an Italian name.
1: <laughs> I was on. gonna say, why am I questioning that? Why are
0: you thinking about this?
1: So where oh, where am I notes about this? Da, da, da.
0: So I'll go first no. then. Go yeah, no, go ahead. I was gonna say I got like spices, cloves, leather, dark fruit. It was lighter than I expected. I might be so I feel like looking at your face I'm so often these days. Oh. I just alone. But I thought it was like, it had a weird like spice flavor to it. It was slightly tannic, but not a lot. I think it had, oh, I'm not going to lie. I started drinking this wine. I really didn't like it. I've had two more glasses since. I am enjoying it a lot more now. That being said, I also got the tip from Megan who had had it before. She recommends to aerate this wine for a few hours first. It does taste way better when it's oxidized a little bit. So when you have it fresh of the bottle, it's a little bit disappointing, but it does get better with time. Not if, like even if you're mean, you're getting a little bit, you know, more um, amenable as the time goes on. Even if you're not there, uh, it is a wine that say if you're having this with your dinner, you might want to open it up an hour before you have it.
1: Yeah. So same, same. Well, actually, when we first opened our bottle, Dan for a second was like, "Is this bottle flawed? Because kind yeah, of cork. musty. Yeah. Right. Had a bit of a Very musty. So flawed wine comes from lots of different things, but the most common thing is a flaw in the cork. So of the three bottles I had. One in a glass cork, uh, which is called a, a Venoseal. One in a Stelvin, which is the squ- screw top is what yeah. we're like colloquially known as. And then cork. Cork taint kind of smells like basement or wet cardboard, musty, as you said. And that's mm. how this one smelled at first. But with an older wine, I mean, it's only three years old or four years old. But, you know, it still has a little bit of age to it. And and anything, honestly, with a cork, you if you smell it right away, pour it in a glass, pour it in a canter, and then give it like a little bit. And so, so Dan, we, we did that and Dan was like, okay, it's, it's better now. But yeah, when we poured this, we found it was a lot lighter in color than expected. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Dan actually wanted me to note, well, because we were talking about the flawed wines. He says, we've all had flawed wine, but didn't realize it. There's varying levels of flaw, but of flaw, it doesn't go away. It used to be one in 12 bottles were flawed because of the cork. For example, cork taint comes from TCA, which is a bacteria inside the cork. So now a lot of wineries test for that when they are putting cork passing corks to the machine, but you never know. So but his point about it not going away is if you buy a brand new bottle of wine, it could have cork taint, but it's gonna be, you know, maybe not super bad. You don't really notice it. If you sell her a bottle of wine for 20, yeah. 30 years and it has cork taint, there's nothing you can do about it. It's not gonna go away over time. So, so aging wine's always a gamble. Yes. <laughs> Very right. gambly. Of the three, this is actually Dan's least favorite. I would
0: yeah the oh, same yeah. three, but um, so tell me about your Riesling. How did you like it?
1: So we picked the Hans bear Riesling. This is actually our favorite of oh. the
0: three.
1: Riesling, we aren't really big white uh, aren't really big white wine people or generally red wine. I was say not
0: really big wine people, come on. Oh, <laughs> be a lot
1: but um we do have a lot of Riesling we've amassed master over the years because Riesling is such a, in particular like we've white wine I guess but Riesling in particular it's got a lot of different styles a lot of different ways to do it very interesting and so we just we like we're looking at our wine cell the other day and it's so much Riesling because <laughs> I think I think the problem is in the summer where we typically would drink white the two of us I drink mainly rosé, and all I want is for Dan to bring me home rosé from Cedar Creek, and I'll just drink it and yeah, it's call good it a thing. day. Love rosé. This one, we found lemon in color, aromas, green apple, pear, apple blossom, high acid. It was slightly spritzy when we first opened it, but it kind of went away. Long finish for $13. It was on sale for $13. It's normally $15, but it was an amazing value for this Riesling. Highly recommend.
0: Awesome. Well, for my Prosecco, not Prosecco, so the, I'm gonna repeat the name again. It is Zenotto Frizzante <laughs> Fritola. It's also an Italian wine surprise so it is a Prosecco that is very weird because it doesn't really taste like one it kind it kind of does have some of the reminiscence of a Riesling it's a natural wine so what a natural wine means is that there's no added yeast all the yeast is coming from the grapes themselves
1: uh, yes yes
0: it's nice because it's a sparkling so it pairs with everything pretty much and except for like really really rich things so this probably wouldn't mm-hmm. be a steak wine Mm-mm. um but like I would super recommend it with like a melon prosciutto salad
1: popcorn
0: popcorn it's yes. so
1: good prosecco-y type wines the popcorn is
0: yeah action so this wine had green apple oak uh anise slash fennel kind of smell which i know can be a turn off for some people for the licorice you smell but it was very very subtle very very nice some like kind of baked lemon flavor to it very small tight bubbles which is is what prosecco is generally Yep. Yeah. Yeah. as we waited and so we like poured it we chatted for a little bit and then we had another sip it really opened up to having like a lychee honeysuckle kind of Ooh. taste to it. It was really a lovely bouquet on your palate, which is a very whiny thing to say. Obviously, Megan said that yes, to me. yes, to it, of course. it does make your water, your mouth water a little bit with acid, with the yeah. acidity of it, which is lovely. It, and like, basically, we smelled it. It had this very like green apple, oak, anise kind of smell. We had a sip, set it down, picked it back up. And then when it started to warm up a little bit, it became this huge fruit balm scent. And like... So, pear and honey. So, it was really, really lovely. It was my favorite. And then, as we moved on, it had even like watermelon, cantaloupe kind of flavor, like smells and flavors, very, very light. So, really excited for that. And it came to my number one learning that I learned from wine tasting, which is the warmer the wine is, the more of the complex flavors you can taste. And that was such a weird thing for me because we had two, like a rose and a white which I'm like, oh, I want that so cold. And Megan was like, no, don't put that in the fridge. Leave it out. You want it to be warm so you can have those complex flavors. And even the ones like the rosé we had, it was cold when she purchased it, when she brought it home, so it warmed up a little bit. And as it got warmer and warmer, and same thing with this white, it became more and more flavorful. We could pull up more and more like very specific notes to it. So it's super cool.
1: Let me bit that that point because I was made a note like talking about temperature because yeah exactly the warmer it is the more you can taste absolutely so yeah. did you find it relaxing though
0: I did because <laughs> I really came into it with the idea of like learning about it I think that if I was trying to impress anybody like, if I were on a date doing wine tasting I would be I would not find this relaxing at all I would be so nervous about not saying the right wrong thing. But I sat and I listened and I even felt like, like Stu did not have a relaxing time tasting wine. Cause I was like, what do you think? What are the flavors? And he's like, oh, and it became very tight and tense. So I think it's it's one of those mind over matter kind of things. If you go in not expecting to be like the world's best wine taster or not afraid to like get things wrong say things are the wrong flavor, whatever. You're gonna have a fun time. You're drinking booze naturally. It's a natural relaxant. (laughs) But yeah, if you, it's like most of our things if you go into this hobby with any idea that you're going to be amazing at it you're just gonna stress yourself out and not find it relaxing, girls. Just get on board with being okay at it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I did find it a little bit stressful because Dan is so knowledgeable. Yeah, but it was it was a nice, like it was a moment for us, the two of us together to like sit, like you said, and you sit around and you're talking about something and you're focused on what you're doing. So it wasn't it wasn't super relaxing. Like I said, just because I got in my own head about it because mm-hmm. I was tasting with someone who's so knowledgeable about it. But at the same time, like it wasn't like Dan was like a dick about it. He was just like yeah what do you taste? Blah, blah, blah. So it's, yeah, I think it is very relaxing. Like you said, you're drinking wine, but you're drinking wine in a more intentional way, which I think is really important for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And I do know lots of people who get stressed like at a, yeah. wine, at a restaurant when you're like, oh my gosh, what wine should I pick? And what should I do? And oh, I'm at this like dinner and these people know wine. Like it's a good way to sort of develop a skill enough so that at least you can be like, this is the type of wine I really like. So like, you yeah. know, maybe you tried one Merlot that you don't like. You might not actually not like Merlot. It might just be that you didn't like that particular Merlot. So try some more. And and it just gives you that knowledge and hopefully, ideally, that confidence in the future when you're in a situation where there's wine that you can be like, well, I, I like this. Or I can talk about this piece of information about this wine or whatever in general, which feeds into our usefulness point which I think is useful for sure like I just talked about if you're in a situation where there's wine you know you're talking about you know at the end of the day even if you're like you know what wine just isn't my thing and I don't want to drink it that's totally fine power to you but it means you know also if you're somewhere like Kelowna for vacation and you are kind of into wine maybe you make time for that wine tour or maybe you make time to go to that wine bar downtown and try those other things or whatever it is I think it's a useful knowledge piece to have
0: you. I absolutely agree. I think that doing some wine tasting gives you like a nice little base to jump off of. So when you go into a liquor store, you're not overwhelmed by all the options. Yeah. And same thing if someone never goes, can you pick me up a bottle of red on your way home? You can be like, I know a wine that I like. And if, and like, and I know like why that is. So mm. I can be like, oh, do you like wines that are like really like have a lot of oak flavor?
1: Yeah. And they can
0: be like, no. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to get that wine. Like, you know, knowledge is power, all that good stuff.
1: It's kind of like knowing how to golf. Just like in general, yeah. in the businessy job world, having some wine knowledge is probably
0: wise. Yeah. So do you think this was a niche hobby, though?
1: No, I no. don't. I think wine has become, like, well, there's research, that shows. It's become more and popular. There is a series on Netflix called Song. If yeah. you're interested in in the wine tasting program, like, please watch Song. Very interesting. There's also a show called Sour Grapes. There's also an episode of uh, Rotten. On Netflix about Ooh. wine, so like I highly like, recommend watching them. It's fascinating. It has like as oh, you yeah. t- touched on, and we only have time to, to very subtly scrape the surface. Wine has quite the, the history. It has quite the culture around it. So yeah, it's not a super niche hobby, for sure. There's courses in it, but I think that it's almost niche and that people sort of feel like it's sort of guarded. Like, oh, well, I don't have a W set three. Like, why would I? do wine tasting but no like you don't have to have a formal education you don't have to work in the industry if you're interested in wine maybe take an online course buy this book whatever get some friends together try wine together have fun with it make it a social thing but yeah no definitely not super niche
0: yeah absolutely agree. but was it covid friendly
1: well let me tell you since covid happened my wine consumption has increased just a little bit. bit a little bit a little bit so that being said Obviously, using alcohol to cope with your problems isn't healthy. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and judge you for having a glass of wine at the end of your day because it's cray out there. I
0: was going to say, it may not be healthy, but it sure is fun.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you have one with alcohol, of course, we support you. We love you. Don't drink mm-hmm. wine. But yeah. if you're like us and where you're just sort of struggling through and that glass of wine really helps you at the end of your day or makes you happy or... You just like drinking wine sometimes, yeah. you know? I, I think it's co-friendly in that sense. Obviously, going to the liquor store can be iffy. Here in BC, I feel like the liquor stores have been very, very careful. Yes. The government here has deemed liquor an essential service. I have a, I have yeah. a
0: reason why. I have a reason why. Sorry.
1: Yes, dude. why?
0: Yeah. So the reason why liquor stores and liquor store workers are, C- are designated essential workers is because liquor store purchases from the government directly go towards our health care. So the fact that, that we're is spending money so smart. It's Is right? that all of
1: Canada or is that BC? It's just boats? I it's
0: just I only know about BC because Megan said this because mm-hmm. she was like, This is why my my employees and herself as well have been deemed essential uh during COVID. That is and they have worked a- super hard.
1: genius because yeah. we pay a lot in liquor tax in Canada, but obviously alcohol and alcoholism are very like
0: hard on Prominent.
1: the healthcare system. Yes. So it's very that's a very good loop system. Oh, I love that.
0: Right. Well it's so smart.
1: I think I mentioned many moons ago that I listened to wine and crime, and Kenyan wine and crime at the time was living in South Africa and they didn't deem liquor essentials. So they closed all the liquor stores, and you mm. also weren't allowed to walk your dog. So Kenyan's like, I can't leave my house. I have no wine. She's like, All I have is gin, and I don't even like gin.
0: Drink so it anyways. She,
1: yeah. So, she, well, she lived in like a Complex place, yeah. and so her neighbor only had wine, and so they traded wine for gin. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, COVID friendliness going is not great. You can get wine delivered to you, but yeah. I feel like the liquor stores are really doing a good job of of being safe.
0: They are. They are super amazing. I can say the place that, that Megan works at has not had a COVID outbreak. They did have one of their like hospitality's customers did have an outbreak in their place. And they like basically did everything to make sure did a whole deep clean of the store. So obviously there's risk whenever you go out. However, mm-hmm. DCL specifically, because they are government run, are held to a very high standard yes. of cleanliness and of, of COVID uh social distancing and regulations. So
1: absolutely. So Jude, for you, is this your new shabby?
0: Uh you know what? I have I I will I know I will taste wine again I know I will drink wine again I really do enjoy wine I liked taking the moment To really go through The flavors of it The cost prohibition Is still very high for me So i will probably going to wait For like COVID to be over So I can go to like Or lessons, So I go to like Wine bars Wine fest Like places where I can try A lot of small things Or mom and dad's house Or mom and dad's house But right now like I have it in my tool belt With my hobbies This is not going to be Something like every week I'm not going to have A wine tasting It's just not Cost proficient for me how about you? What about you?
1: Well, like I said, we like to drink wine. We are going to try to go to some wineries in Kelowna. But yeah, no, I, I do want to try. I want to read this book I have from cover to cover and really get into it. And make it a new shabby. Dude, what are we doing next week?
0: We're doing a meditation, which I feel like from the energy of this episode, we desperately need, we need to just sit and think with ourselves. So I am super excited. I have my Fitbit. I have the goal to do four days of meditation every week. I have currently not hit that yet. So I'm excited to dedicate myself to it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I have meditation as part of my bullet journal plans. So um, ah, love it. I'm excited. So thank you for listening. At the we're going to do our like, little closing speech and then I'm going to give Jude his Valentine's Day present. So if you don't hey. care, you don't have to listen to it. But thank you for listening, for more information, for the links, for all the things we talked about in this episode and or to support the show, go to friends with niche hobbies.com. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Friends with Niche Hobbies. And if you have a niche hobby for, you'd like us to try, email us at friendswithnichehobbiespodcast at gmail.com. Shout out to Steph for sending us her recommendations this week.
0: Yes! Please subscribe, review, tell a friend. It helps us a lot. Thank you so much for our current Patreons, Dave and Catherine. Be awesome to each other. It is a wild world right now. And with that, should I do my closing strum or should I open this first? I see it's a cameo. Trum?
1: Yes, strum.
0: Beautiful. Now
1: keyboard. open your cameo. Hey niche friends. So Jude's Valentine's Day present was a cameo. Um, so what you will hear is a little bit of his reaction, but I wasn't sure if we were allowed to actually play the cameo or not. Um so I have cut that part out. It also um has some explicit language in it. So um please enjoy listening to Jude's reaction. It's a heart, so he will hear it. They're saying once you open
0: it. Oh my god! The fact that you pause over there just makes me so much
1: more. Oh, <laughs> yeah. who is it, Jude? <laughs> oh, Kate! What the? Fu- also, are you and M the same person? <laughs>
0: like, are, are we the same
1: okay, person? Okay, okay bye.
0: <laughs> okay, bye. That. So I gotta buy M Schultz, who is uh, from, my... and that's why we drink. And I love M. Not only for the fact that they normalize asking for gender pronouns, which is really important to me as a person, queer person, trans person, uh, but also uh, they're <laughs> my absolute face, and I cannot believe you got me that. And that's so nice. And these are the things on Valentine's because I'm like, hey, <sighs> Yeah, that was the best Valentine's Day gift I've ever gotten in my life. Thank you so much for that. You're Suck the it
1: future <laughs> Jude's partner. <Suck> yeah. It.
0: <laughs> Honestly, future Jude's partner, unless you are M. Schultz. You're not going to beat this. It's over. It was,
1: it was so hard. You only had like 200 words to like talk. And I was like, Bleh. and so I was like, okay, hopefully I'm like, get, and then I'm like nailed it. Of
0: course. It's so perfect. Oh my God. And then you can watch it
1: forever over and over and over again. How fun, right? I'm glad you love. Oh my
0: God. I
1: It was a tiny so game. What if dude thinks this is dumb? But no, I watched it earlier. T- like I requested it yesterday and it was like one day for Valentine's Day. I'm like, hopefully it's in time for like us to record so I can record oh you my watching God. it. <laughs> hard cheers to M. Schultz.
0: Hard yes, cheers. That
1: was so good.
0: That like, I don't even care. I don't even care what happens for the rest of this week. I, honestly, this has made my week. Thank you so much. I was talking to Caitlin before. I had a really, really tough week and I was having a really hard time. And the fact that this, like, I this yeah, this has just brightened up my entire week. Thank you so much, Kate. I love you so much. You're welcome. I love <laughs> and, you. Too. Yeah, M. Schultz. If, if it ever doesn't work out with Allison, which I hope it does because I'm super rooting for it. But uh you know, if it ever doesn't, <laughs> hit me up because I'm in love with you. <laughs> Who
1: isn't in love with M? Though, let's get.
0: Back. Honestly. Pfft.
1: I'm gonna watch this, like, an
0: embarrassingly amount of times.
1: I hope you do, because I want I've already watched it several times and I still got like heart flutters listening to you watch it. So
0: it is like <laughs> it is the cutest in the world. I'm like deeply upset about how much you've blindsided me by this. It's
1: my goal. Because
0: I yeah, this is just like beyond perfect. Um <laughs> yeah. and I just don't know what to say. Best Mm -hmm. big
1: sister ever.